So if you needed long-term care, as we always say when we talk about it on the show, is how would you pay for it? So we know Medicare is not going to cover it. So Medicare does cover most of your medical needs. It will not cover any of your long-term care needs. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of the Retirement Success Blueprint Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with Michael Stewart and myself as we talk investing finance and retirement. Got a great show lined up for you. We're going to get into all that in just a minute, but first let's say hey to Mike and see what's going on. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing excellent. We're here in April, so getting a lot closer to summer. That's true. All Every little bit counts, although this winter doesn't feel like it wants to let go just yet. This it, is true. It keeps hanging on a little bit. Uh, hey, listen, uh, I saw Warren Buffett hit the $100 billion mark uh, the top five uh, folks that are over $100 billion, four of those are uh, American. One is a uh, French businessman. Anyway, if Warren suddenly forgot everything he knows, Mike, about investing and just kind of strolled into your office looking for help, how would you advise him? <laughs> uh, I would advise him to head to the beach, live it up in his final years, <laughs> right? You know, that money doesn't mean anything. Get out know, of Omaha, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did my undergrad in Omaha at Creighton, so it, it's not a bad city, but yeah, no, no, $100 just, billion, I'm not living in Omaha. You're right. Just a little chilly, like we were just talking about the weather. It could get cold that's there. True. Yeah. Yep, so uh, in all candor, assuming that the question's related to investing, that's really, you know, the topic here is I'd provide them really two things, you know, and I'd recommend the same, honestly, for anybody that's out there that really kind of wants to get their hands a little bit dirty about the investing fundamentals, just so you can make some sound kind of educated decisions. The first is a copy of his autobiography. It's called Snowball. It's a huge, thick, you know, hold the door open kind of book, but it basically lays out how he started, what influenced on the mistakes that he made along the way. Uh, second, and a little bit more commonsensical, I would provide copies of his very own Berkshire Hathaway annual reports. You know, they're written in kind of layman's English, so everybody can kind of understand them. And it basically says, hey, here's what we expected. Here's what happened. You know, and they have such diverse holdings for Berkshire Hathaway. It's really a holding company. They own a bunch of companies. Right. So it's railways, insurance companies, beverage companies, manufacturers. But what it lets you do is kind of see how they've kind of made investment decisions and how they've adjusted on the fly year in, year out. And it kind of lets you think that, you know, it's not all about, you know, chasing tech stocks and these things. It's about how do I make good decisions? So, you know, those two things is basically what I'd lay at his feet. And it's basically the foundation of just future smart investing. There you go. Pretty cool. Yeah. To be able to (laughs) say, here, we show you your own stuff. Uh, and help you get there. Well, you know, as we're doing this podcast, you said welcome to April. And uh, for our show, this is actually our middle April one. We are It's tax day at the time we're dropping this. So we're recording it a little bit ahead of that. But when it drops, it will be tax day. Although I guess it's not tax day again this year, is it? They've moved it. Unfortunately, no. They have yet again extended tax season, yes. Yeah. So was it May 15th or 17th, something like that? Uh, yeah, May 17th. So it gotcha. falls on a Monday now. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, you know, we're going to play factor fiction today, financial factor fiction. So I was going to do that as one of the uh, questions, but I thought it was a little too easy since you <laughs> since you do a lot of taxes and stuff. I thought, well, he's going to know that one. So uh, you're going to know all of these anyway, but we're going to have some fun with this. So sometimes the easiest way to learn about something is to make it just really simple. So just True or false, fact or fiction, however you want to go with this, Mike. Give us, uh, elaborate on these if you'd like, but give us your take. So here we go. Your Social Security is taxable. Fact or fiction? 
Unfortunately for most, it will be taxable. So there's a concept called provisional income uh, that they use on your taxes. And in short, let's say you're married. If your provisional income is over $44,000, that means 85 cents of every dollar you get from Social Security is going to be subject to taxes. So that provisional income, they take half of all your Social Security plus all of your other taxable income, your pensions, your IRA distributions, dividends, interest, all those things. So let me give you an example. Let's say if you're married and between the two of you, you've got $60,000 a year in Social Security, and maybe you're taking, say, $30,000 out of your traditional IRA. So your provisional income would be half of your Social Security, so that would be $30,000, plus $30,000 of the IRA withdrawal. So your provisional income is now $60,000. I know it's a lot of math. So $60,000 is more than forty-four. dollars So basically 85% or $51,000 of your Social Security is now taxable, as well as the $30,000 you took from the IRA. So you're going to pay taxes on $81,000. Now, let's say that you're with somebody like myself, who's a little bit more proactive on these kind of things as a financial planner. Let's say that leading up to retirement, we converted that Roth IRA, paid a little bit of taxes along the way, or that traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. So now we're still going to take that same $30,000 as supplemental income, but it's going to come out of our tax-free Roth IRA. So now let me run the math for you again. $60,000 Social Security, but for our provisional income, it's only thirty dollars for the equation, right? Half mm-hmm. of that, plus zero, because none of our $30,000 of Roth is considered taxable. Now our provisional income is only $30,000, which means we don't owe any taxes on our Social Security. We don't owe any taxes on the $30,000 Roth IRA distribution. So we have a $90,000 tax-free retirement income, same income we had before, but with a little bit of planning, we've saved income taxes on $81,000. So that's how, if you can make, if you can position correctly, you can make your Social Security not taxable and the rest of your income not taxable. It's what we call a tax-free retirement. Okay. So I guess technically that is fact then, huh? It can be taxable. So how about the second one here? We'll stick with taxes. Fact or fiction, Mike, your taxes will likely be lower in retirement. Yeah. So this was true back in the 80s and maybe even a little bit in the 90s. So, you know, in 1980, you had top tax rates of 50% on earned income, 70% on passive income. And in 87, Reagan made the top tax rate 28%. So now when Obama kind of got up back to around 40, 43, Trump's is in the high 30s. But, you know, so most married couples, let's say you're between 80 and 170,000. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in the last podcast. As a joint as a joint income? Yeah. So as a joint income, 80 to about 170,000, you're in the 22% tax bracket. So if you make 150 now and you're going to make maybe 90 or 100 in retirement, you're still going to be in the same tax bracket. Uh-huh. So that's for most, that's going to be fiction that your tax bracket's not really going to be lower in retirement. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Very good. Fact or fiction, Mike, term life insurance is better than whole life insurance. Sometimes I think the the key word is in the phrasing of these statements. Term life insurance is better than whole life fact or fiction. It always goes back to the purpose of the insurance. So is this a permanent need because that requires permanent insurance or is this something that over time will take care of itself? And I'll give you the example of each of those. So let's say that you know, you're still working or you got a mortgage and you know, another 15 years, 10 years, whatever it happens to be. Or let's say you've got some college age kids at home or about to be and you know, not a whole lot of resources necessarily. You, know, you haven't completely saved enough. Well, that begs for term insurance. 
term insurance is just dirt cheap insurance that you're basically funding a what if, if something goes wrong in the future, there'll be a lump sum pile of money to pay off the mortgage, send the kids to college, replace some income to do something like that. So the cheapest route to go is the term insurance because what happens is as time goes by in three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, you no longer have the need because the kids have already graduated college, you've already paid off the mortgage, or now you're retired, so you don't need that income replacement. The permanent insurance like whole life or universal life, you know, there's a whole alphabet soup of different ones <laughs> out there, is let's say you're saying, you know what, I want to make sure I leave the grandkids $200,000. So even if I spend my last nickel you know, on my deathbed, I want to make sure they get $200,000. Well, in that case, we'll go out and buy a permanent life insurance policy. Just put a, plop down a lump sum of money or you know, X amount of years of payments. And what that means is even if we live to 100, it's still going to pay $200,000 to somebody. You know, so that's a permanent need because we basically identified a certain dollar amount that we want to go somewhere. So that need doesn't expire. So that's why we need the permanent insurance. So it really comes down to what are we trying to insure? That's the real reason between whether you need term or permanent insurance. All right. So moving right along here with some good factor fiction with Michael Stewart. Medicare will cover most of your medical needs in retirement. Factor fiction. Fact, when we put medical as more hospital prescriptions, those kind of things, okay. one thing that Medicare doesn't cover is long-term care. So an additional forty-five dollars to $100,000 a year of potential expenses that could be looming out there down the road for home-based health care, assisted living, long-term care. So if you needed long-term care, as we always say when we talk about it on the show, is how would you pay for it? So we know Medicare is not going to cover it. So Medicare does cover most of your medical needs. It will not cover any of your long-term care needs. Does it cover things like dental? I don't think it does, right? Uh, no, that's, that's an excellent point. So it doesn't cover dental, doesn't cover vision for the most part, you know, most custom vision. I think it does a little bit on vision because my mom was able to get some off for cataracts, but I think it's very limited. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, these are some interesting ones and, and a little tough. And I think often, Michael, especially for that last one, we a lot of people do feel we'll get questions like, hey, I want to retire early, so on and so forth. And I just got to figure out how to do that medical gap until I get to 65. And yeah, for the most part, probably true if you're talking about just basic kind of insurance, going to the doctor and so on and so forth. But there's some other things you may want to look at as far as needing uh, additional medical coverage. And that's certainly worth having a conversation with your advisor about. Uh, one more factor fiction, and then we'll take an email question this week. And that is, as you get older, you should gradually shift from stocks to bonds, fact or fiction. Yeah. So that's just like our insurance. It's more of a purpose of money conversation. you know. So I, in short, I would say fact, but I would say you need to look at it in the context of, you know, when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and even early 50s, the purpose of the money is just to accumulate, to, to get more, right? Mm -hmm. So you take more risk, you let time kind of smooth out those market swings. You know, we call it dollar cost averaging. So what happens is, you know, every time you're putting money in the 401k, you're investing every month, the market goes up, you're buying, you know, paying less for the shares because you've set amount of money buying a set amount of shares. Mm -hmm. Market drops then you're going to get to buy a lot more shares with the same amount of money. So that's why time works really well when you're accumulating assets. Now, when you get to retirement, like we're talking about, you've got to be careful of something called reverse dollar cost averaging. And what that means is the paychecks aren't coming in anymore and you're taking money out. So if you need to sell shares to get income out, you're doing reverse dollar cost averaging. So if it's going up, great, you're just selling less shares. But in reality is if the market's flat or down, 
you've got to sell more and more shares to get the same amount of income. And that's how you run out of money over time. So the shift from stocks to bonds, when we talk about the mix that they should have as they approach retirement or, or even near retirement, uh, we want to say, let's position it to generate all the income and interest and dividends that you need to pay the bills. So that way you're not sweating it out if, if the market goes up or down or sideways, because all you're doing is supplementing your income with interest and dividends, which are a renewable resource. You know, we start out when we talk about the allocation and basically we say when it comes to stocks and bonds, let's not worry about the products. Let's just say that if you could get all the retirement income you need to last you the 30 years of retirement and still leave a legacy at the end and not have to worry on a daily basis if the market's going up or down, would that be a good retirement for you? And if the answer is yes, then yeah, we don't need to take a lot of risk to make that happen. You know, but unfortunately, kind of, you know, with Wall Street and a lot of the bigger firms and that it's all about growth, it's all about growth. But when you're in the distribution phase in retirement, you do need, it is a fact that you need to shift into some more income generating alternatives. All right. Well, that's our fact or fiction this week. Hopefully you enjoyed and played along with a little bit. You know, I think when you were, the way you worded that last little bit there, Mike, it's, it made me think of something Will Rogers had said is that when you're satisfied, you're successful. And sometimes it's really just finding out what's going to help us feel satisfied because that could be the measurement of success we're looking for instead of just chasing stuff all the time. Which, you know, it's human. We do that. So it's one of those things to certainly ponder. But hopefully you guys enjoyed that fact or fiction. Go around with Mike. And, of course, as always, if you've got questions or concerns, reach out to him. Let him know before you take any action at 815-526-3092. You can also check him out online at crystallaketax.com. And while you're there, if you'd like to submit an email question to the podcast, feel free to do so. Again, crystallaketax.com. And we're going to take one this week from Chris over in Libertyville. He says, hey, Mike, I'm 66 years old. My wife is 47 and we have an eight-year-old daughter. What kind of retirement planning challenges should I think about with a unique family situation? Yeah, Chris, there's quite a few things. And I think the fact or fiction that we had just before this probably even you know illuminated some of those things. So mm, some point. of the things that we would look at is, okay, Chris, you're 66. How much longer do you plan on working? You know, you're probably bumping right that full retirement age for Social Security of being eligible. So is that something that you're looking at now or are you going to try to hold off till 70? What other retirement savings do you already have? Uh, do you have a pension? Mainly looking at for what income streams are you going to have as you're nearing or in retirement here? Uh, what debts do you have? Is there a mortgage out there? What other obligations do we have? Is your spouse working? You know, that's going to be important as well. And as to Social Security, if you start claiming Social Security, once you are on Social Security and you have a minor child, so your child's only eight, your daughter, then you can actually get dependent benefits where Social Security will give you a little bit extra because you've got a minor. So there's all different kind of planning components that you want. Uh, we talked about earlier about term insurance and whole life insurance and that fact or fiction segment. So life insurance is a big part of it too. So if we say, okay, we've got an eight-year-old daughter, that means in 10 years, we got college coming up. Mm, so true. Chris, you're going to be 76 at that time. So do we have enough resources already set aside or a plan for those resources on how we're going to cover college? Also, let's say, God forbid, Chris, something were to happen to you in the next few years. With your wife only being 47, your daughter only being eight, are there certain things that we need to use life insurance or other resources for to make sure that if something happened to you, that there would be a nice bridge of income 
to allow your wife to get to retirement, you know, to begin claiming social security, to make sure that your daughter, you know, has the lifestyle that you've already provided for. So, you know, those are some of those unique challenges that come into play when there's a little bit of an age gap and we got a minor kid out there. So it's not even just about stocks and bonds. It's about having a good financial plan in place. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for the email question. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, Hopefully you're subscribed to the show. If you're not, hit that subscribe button on uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use for your podcasting needs. And of course, you can find all of that information online at crystallaketax.com. You can find the podcast there. Also check out Mike's website at crystallaketax.com. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources. All right, my friend, thank you so much for your time this week. Mike, I always appreciate hanging out with you for a few. Always learn something new. Thanks for playing along with me. All right. Take care, Mark. We'll see you next time here on Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.